Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. Thank you for tuning in as we are launching our adventure series. Walking with God is much like going on an adventure. And today, Lisa McFarland will be sharing with you some helpful insights of how to successfully navigate this journey you're on with God. We hope you enjoy. Therefore, I'm content, or in other words, I'm not going to whine, gripe, beg, and, and plead anymore with weaknesses, insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. What? What about persecution? Difficulties, persecutions, sufferings. Insults, not insults. Surely on this adventure, insults could not be part of this plan. You know, distresses, that's right. We might have a flat tire. There might be some mosquitoes. There might, you know, might be some rain. I, I, you know, okay, okay, okay. I'm okay with that, but insults. Persecution. Whoa, 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 whoa. I did not sign up for this. That's exactly right. You signed up for a promise that you get at the end. You signed up for an invitation to a relationship that Christ might be formed in you. That you might know who God is. See, God already knows who he is. He doesn't need to find out who he is. You need to find out who he is in you. How do I find that out? You know, I know my husband. Because we've been through a lot of things together. Right? I know him. How come I know him? Because we've been on an adventure together for almost 30 years now. An adventure. Ups and downs, ins and outs, sickness or health, better or worse, richer or poorer. Mostly poorer. Right? I know him and it's been an adventure. Right? Marriage is not an event. It's a journey. And who you marry when you start out is not who you're going to be married to at the end. Not because of a divorce, but because both of you, like iron sharpening iron, are going to transform each other into someone else until Christ is fully formed in you and you become one, not just with each other, but with the Lord. I didn't sign up for that. That's good because you committed it to the Lord. My grace is sufficient for you. So Paul's saying, you know what, Lord, this adventure is hard. It's a lot bigger. It's a lot bigger than I thought. You know, it's, it's, it's been a lot longer than I thought. And, and it's, it's been different than I thought. I, it's just, I, I know you love me because nothing can separate me from the love of God. And he's crying out to the Lord and the Lord answers him. I love this. My grace, not yours, my grace, my favor is going to be sufficient. It's going to do it. It's going to do it. Do what? It's going to help you finish. It's going to help you stand. It's going to help you overcome. It's going to help you be happy. It's going to help you be fulfilled. It's going to help it manifest, come to pass, be established. What? God's grace. Wow. Sounds like I need some of that grace. What is that grace? If I need it, and it's what's going to help me, you know, make it, what is grace? You ever thought about that? What is grace? What is grace? 
In the Hebrew, the word grace is hen, H-E-N. In the Greek, it's charis. And it means unmerited favor. It means strength, provision. It means to be pleased with or to find pleasing. As in Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know, it's not just, okay, hey, um, you know, the policeman pulls me over and then he says, you know, well, I'm just going to give you a warning this time. That's a measure of grace, but that's not all grace is. Where God says, you know, you really should go to hell, but, you know, I'm going to cover you with the blood of Jesus. I'm going to let you not go to hell. You get to go to heaven. And we all know that that kind of grace exists. The grace of God that's shed in the broad hearts by the Holy Ghost to be saved and and to have salvation. But that's only one part, one facet of grace is our salvation. I want you to think about this. The Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God saved him. God gave him mercy. God uh, picked him, chose him, forgave him. God gave him a plan. God gave him provision. God gave him a future. It was a lot more than just getting saved. When people are talking about grace, most of the time we don't even know what grace is. And anybody who says they do, they don't understand. Remember, it's big. It's supernatural. What does that mean that the grace of God? You know, and God was speaking to me because, you know, we've been going through some things and some transitions and changes. And I'm like, I sold my house and I bid on another place and I didn't get it. And now, three days after I get back from Africa, I have to move. Where am I going? I don't know. But I know I have to move out of my house (laughs) and I have to do it in three days. I'm like, well, that's a little uncomfortable. You know, and I have the enemy saying, see, where's your God now? Right? What's God doing? Doesn't God know I have a schedule? Doesn't God know that I need to be back out in the field? You know, what's God doing? I don't know. But I trust him. I've committed my way unto the Lord. Like Abraham, I'm going (laughs) to a city where I don't know where I'm going. And I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I do know why I'm coming back, though, because I have a ticket. At least I think I do. (laughs) Right? You know, there's last time I went to New Zealand, we were stuck there, you know, several extra weeks. I've learned a long time ago, God has a plan, but he doesn't always tell me what it is. This grace is a lot more than getting saved. This grace is the power and the supply of... Of something that God releases from himself inside of us that gives us the power to do what God wants us to do. That gives us the faith to believe God for what God wants to bring to pass. It's the ability to overcome what stands in our way. This grace. This grace. Noah found grace or favor in the eyes of the Lord. And you can use that word because grace can mean, it can mean also to be pleased with. Right? So you think about the Old Testament. Noah found favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Moses starts to talk about God. If I found favor or if you're pleased with me, then show me your glory in Exodus 33. Listen to me. We've been teaching about faith. We've been teaching about love over the years and teaching about faith over the years and teaching about power over the years. But God's bringing us into a place where he wants to show us and teach us about grace now. And not just for you to get saved. Because you should already be saved. 
What do I need grace for now? I already got saved. Oh, I need grace. I need a lot of grace. I need grace more than I ever thought I needed grace. I don't even know what grace is, but I need it. Look at your neighbor and say, you needs it. You needs it. You needs it, right? This grace, this favor. Let's jump back, right? Remember going back to the future. Go to Exodus 33. Hang with me, I told you. It's an intense word. In Exodus 3, God calls Moses at the burning bush, and he says, I, you know what? This is what I'm promising you. This was the adventure. Uh, I've heard people crying. I'm going to send you. I'm going to tell you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let the people go. Pharaoh's going to say no. But it's okay. I'm going to let you live. Well, who am I going to, you know, what will I say? Tell him, just tell him to let the people go. But he's going to say no. Well, who do I tell him to send me? He said, just tell him I am sent you. (laughs) Right? But God promises him that he's going to go with him and he's going to be with him and he's going to give him rest, which means I'm going to bring everything to pass. Right? In Exodus 3, at the burning bush. He said, I'm going to go with you. My presence is going to go with you. And at the end, I'm going to give you rest, Moses. Right? In Exodus 33, let's look at this one. This is my favorite chapter of the Bible. I don't even know if I can even preach enough on it. Let me get to the place where I want to be. The Lord says, the Lord is, you know, talking, Moses is going to the tent and God's talking to him. And God's telling him he's going to bring him into the new land. And God, and God looks and says, you know what? These people have no faith. They're a bunch of whiners. They're a bunch of gripers. If I go with you, Moses, and I hang out with you like I have been, I'm going to have to kill all those people because I can't take that whining. How can you put up with those people, Moses? I can't take another day. Right? God says in verse 2, I will send an angel before you and I will drive out the people in the land where I'm going to send you. I'm paraphrasing to speed up. I'm going to bring you into the land flowing with milk and honey, but I'm not going to go in the middle of the people because they're obstinate, stubborn, right? And uh, Because I will destroy them. And when the people heard this word, they went on mourning and none of them put on his ornaments. And the Lord said to Moses, say to the sons of Israel, you are a rebellious or obstinate people. Why should I go with you for one moment? If I did, I would destroy you. Now, therefore, take off all the the fancy partying that you're doing. And they're waiting on God. What's going to happen? God, we can't go if you don't go with us. Everybody knew that. If God's not with us, if God's favor, if God's grace is not on us, we won't make it. We won't survive. We, we, won't, we won't be able to bring it to pass. And I want to say to you tonight, there are some things that God has asked of you. If we were to go back to the future and the point of origin, back when you got on the bike, there are some things that God promised you. And it's been hard. And, 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 and it's been big. And sometimes there's been this delay. But I'm telling you where we are right now we cannot move forward or step into it without God's grace being on our lives being on this ministry it won't move it won't be funded it won't come to pass we need God so the children of Israel are like well God if you don't go with us we won't be able to go into the promised land Verse 7, now Moses used to take his tent and pitch it outside of the camp a good distance from the other people. And he called it the tent of meeting. 
right? Or the meeting place. And it came about that everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting that was outside the camp. And it came to pass that whenever Moses was, went out to the tent, all the people would rise and watch. Each one would stand at the entrance of his own tent and look after Moses as he went into the tent. And it came about whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of the cloud or God's presence would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak to Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise and they would begin to worship. You know, when somebody else is interceding on your behalf, don't stand there and look stupid. Worship. Don't just stand there and wait. Worship, right? Attract God's presence to you. They would all rise up and worship, each at the entrance of his own tent. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just like a man speaks to his friend. When Moses would return to the camp, his servant Joshua would not depart from the tent. Listen, verse 12. Moses says to the Lord, see this people? You said that, but you, Lord, have not let me know if you're, of, of who you're going to send with me, right? I've known you by name, and I've also found favor. Stop right here. Let me, let me set this up. Moses is interceding. He's asking God for his presence. God's already said, I'm not going to go with you because if I do, I'll have to kill you. Because you are so rebellious, you won't do what I say, you know, Right? And the people are like, well, if God doesn't go with us, it won't happen. I mean, what if God wasn't in your life? What if God's Holy Spirit wasn't over you, protecting you? What if God's Spirit and presence and favor was not over the door of your body, keeping out cancer, keeping out leukemia, keeping out diseases, right? These people are like, no way. If God's not with us, we won't go. Moses goes to intercede, and Moses brings back to the Lord, listen, Lord. In verse 12, I know you by your name. And you have also found favor in my sight. God speaking to Moses. Moses, Moses, you know me by my name and you have found favor or grace in my sight. What's happening here? Something's not right. There's no power to move forward. There's no power for it to bring it to pass. Moses begins to cry out to God. The people are worshiping. And God comes back and says, listen, you know my name and there's grace I have grace for you, Moses. Before the glory comes the grace. I know you, Moses, and you have also found favor in my sight. Moses answers back to the Lord, Will God, if I, if I have found favor in your sight, then let me know your ways, that I may know you. So that I may find favor in your sight. In other words, if I have favor now, God, then teach me about you so I can get more favor, more grace. If there's some grace on my life, I need more. Because the grace I have (laughs) is not changing these gripey people. (laughs) I need some more grace. These people are, 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 are blocking your plan, God. I need some grace. I need more grace. I need a lot of grace. If you've ever had kids, I'm sure you've prayed that. If you've ever been a pastor, you pray it every day. And Lord, I want you to remember that this nation is your people. And God says back to him, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. 
In other words, okay, I heard you. You asked me for grace. You asked me for this power. You asked for my favor to come on you. Okay, my presence is going to come with you, and I'm going to give you rest. So Moses says back to the Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, then don't take me from here. For how can it be known, in other words, how will people know that we have favor in your sight, me and this people? If you don't go with us, and your presence or your grace is not on us, then how will we be distinguished or marked so that all the other people on the earth know that we're your people? Right? So grace is not just the ability to, see, to, to keep going. Grace is a favor so that God sees you. And grace is not just God seeing you and God loving you. It's also going to mark you so that God's grace on your life marks you and gives you not just favor with God, but favor with other people. Look at your neighbor and say, you need some grace. You need some grace. You need this kind of favor. You need this kind of blessing. You can't make it without it. If you don't touch us, God, if you don't come, if your favor's not on us, it's the only thing that makes us different than everybody else around us. Is your grace, your favor. And the Lord said to Moses, okay, so I will do it. I'll give you, I'll, I'll put my grace. I'll put my favor on you. I will go with you. I will also do this thing of which you've spoken, for you have found favor in my sight. Now God, Moses is crying out to God. He's crying out for himself, for his people, for the nation. God's put favor on Moses, and now the favor is going to be on the people. Right? And this favor is going to cause them to be marked and to be separated out, or there's going to be such a favor. And I want you to think about this. Is there favor on the nation of Israel today? Where did it come from? Remember, if you commit your work to the Lord, it will be established. It will be a generational prototype where what was imparted to you becomes an example and a testimony to people forever after you. So Abraham asked God for favor, and Moses is asking God for favor, and the favor to come on all the people in the nation so they'll be separated and people will know that God is their God. Do people know that God is your God? Moses said, I pray, then show me your glory. So, you know, once the grace came on him, he went and he spoke to Pharaoh and got the people out of Egypt. Then he brings them out into the wilderness, right? And they're whining, they're crying, they're griping. And he says to God, you know, God, don't give up on us. Give us more favor. Right? If I have been pleasing your sight at all, and he begins to intercede and be a picture and a prototype of what Jesus will do later, Lord, don't destroy him. You know, if I have any favor with you, then forgive them and let your favor come on the people. And in the midst of that, God increases his favor on Moses again. And Moses says, now I've seen your favor. Can I see your glory too? Grace is a funny thing. It helps me get saved. It helps me stay saved. It's the mercy of God over my life when I should be judged. And yet the favor comes on the people of Israel. And God doesn't judge them for their rebellion. He gives them grace. He forgives them, right? Remember, what is grace? It's forgiveness. It's mercy. It's God's presence. It's God's provision. It's, it's, it's God being pleased with you even though you don't deserve it. Grace is not an entitlement. It's a gift. Grace is not an entitlement. 
A lot of people talking that God owes me grace. No, he doesn't. Tell, try using that on a police officer when he pulls you over and said, You owe me some grace. <laughs> right? No. Grace is a gift. It's not an entitlement. That's why we're so grateful for it. We don't walk around all pompous. Yeah, yeah, I told the Lord and the Lord let me go. He owed me. <laughs> yeah, me and the Lord got an understanding. That's not grace. That's entitlement mentality. Grace is like, Lord, I don't deserve it. I don't know why you love me. I don't know why you picked me. I, I keep failing. I keep falling down. You keep picking me up. You keep empowering me. You keep coming and working with me, God. You keep forgiving me. God, you keep loving me. You keep blessing me. And you keep giving your glory and your presence in my life. I don't understand it. It makes me so mad and in love with you, God. It's a gift. It's a gift. Five times it says that that Moses found favor or had grace with the Lord. Five times God speaks about the favor that he has for Moses. It's amazing. Amazing. Show me your glory. God says, I myself will make all of my goodness. Not a little bit. All. Don't even say you want it. You can't handle it. Moses couldn't handle it either. All my goodness to pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you and I will be gracious or I will have grace upon whom I choose to have grace. Right? I will be gracious, it says in one translation. I'll be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. All of a sudden, God says, you know what, Moses, I love it. (laughs) When it says Moses found grace or favor in the eyes of the Lord, it means that God looks at you and he's like, I like you. I'm pleased with you. What, God? I'm so screwed up. I'm so messed up. I'm so broken. You know, I'm being buffeted. You know, the enemy's coming against me. And God says, "My my grace is sufficient for you. When I'm pleased with you and a man's ways please God, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. My grace will come on you and I'll, I'll mark you and people will start to treat you different. And judgment will come on them, but I'll, I'll, I'll lift it off of you. I'll help you endure. I'll help you make it. I'll help you overcome. I'll reveal myself to you. I remember saying to God, God, why, why do you speak to me like you do? You know, and people said, well, it's because you pray. Are you kidding me? I never prayed one time the first time God came and spoke to me. I had nothing to do with it. And there were times in my life where I was so rebellious and demon-possessed and addicted, I told the Lord, stop talking to me. Go away from me. Don't ever come back. And the Lord's like, I cannot do that. I love you, Lisa. You found favor in my eyes. It is nothing that any of us have ever done. God has not come and, sh- and given favor or grace in your life because you've earned it or did anything. Come on. The cool thing is, he did. He just did. Why? I don't know. Because he wanted to. Because it's an adventure. And he loves you. And this favor over my life... 
has caused me to step out of a car accident where the car is totaled three times and step out of the car and walk out and say, wow, God, thank you. I'm not dead. It's caused me a blood disease in my body for seven years to leave me and I'm walking around now. It's, it, it, it's caused when I had a torn rotator cuff and other people had surgery and could never lift their arm above their head ever again. God healed me on the third day and I've never had one problem ever. Favor and grace of God that God wants to release on us as his people. I don't know why I'm preaching this message tonight, but I know I have the word of the Lord. Favor, grace, my grace is sufficient. What does that mean to be sufficient? It means it will suffice. In other words, whatever you need, it's going to be there. Whatever provision you need, it's supplied. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. Don't buck and kick. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't run away. I've got what you need. I'm going to pay the bill. I'm going to heal. I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be there. That's grace. 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 First comes the grace, then comes the glory. The sufferings, Peter says, reveal God's glory. You're going to need grace for the sufferings to get to the glory. If God just came and dropped himself on you and showed you all of his glory, you would not be able to handle it. You'd just be puffed up with pride. Remember? No one can boast. It's a gift of God. Paul quotes again in Romans 9 about God choosing who he has mercy or grace upon. You know, you can't go around and say, you know, I, I have grace. Like you, like you signed up or you went and got it, you know, like you went and got a, a little credit card. And you can spend it however you want. It's not like that. It's like God said, grace, 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 grace. He picked you. He put his finger on you. He poured his grace out on you. You didn't choose it. You didn't have anything to do with it. It's not because you were great, and it's not because you were bad. Well, I needed grace. That's why God came to me. And I can't lose my grace because I didn't earn my grace or buy my grace or get my grace. The grace, that favor, that love of God came on my life because God wanted it. (laughs) Because God wanted it. And it's amazing. It ought to make us be so madly in love with God and just worship him every day, all day long. And no matter what goes on in my life, stand firm and say, God, you're grace. I got grace. I'm going to make it, Wheezy. Wheezy, you're going to make it. You got grace. Doesn't matter if your husband died. You got grace. Doesn't matter what the the doctor says. You got grace. It doesn't matter what people are saying about you. You got grace. His grace is sufficient. That doesn't mean I will just make it. It means I will overcome it. Grace. You know, I've never thought about the word grace too much. I've always been focused on the glory part. (laughs) Grace comes before glory. Jesus in Luke chapter 2 and Samuel... Both, it talks about that they found favor or that the great, they grew in the grace and the knowledge of God. In grace and favor, right? We grow. It's, you know, faith is like a seed. Love is a seed. They grow. That's why the, they're called fruits. 
right? Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. They're fruits of the Spirit. And the seed, God plants it in us and then it grows and it bears fruit. Faith also is a seed and that means it grows. Grace grows and increases. Like a candle waxing thicker and thicker and thicker. The Bible says that favor lasts a lifetime. Once God's favor and grace comes on me, it's not going to leave me. It's not, he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. No, it's he loves me, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me more, he loves me more, he loves me more. He still loves me. He's going to love me again tomorrow. He loves me, loves me, loves me, loves me. His love is bigger. Right? It's not intermittent. He loves me today. I don't know if he's going to love me tomorrow. Well, he loved me last week, but I don't know if he's going to love me enough to pay my bills tomorrow. He loves me. There's no but. It's he loves me. But? No. He loves me. He loves me now? Yeah. He loves me tomorrow? Yeah. He loves me? He loves me in 10 years? He loves me. When's he going to stop loving me? Never. Because the favor of God lasts a lifetime. Once it comes on you, it's on you. You can't wash it off. Try washing off the blood of Jesus. Try washing off the oil that pours down from heaven. <laughs> right? You can't, you can't run away from it. You might roll around in the mud and sin all over the place. But if we wash you off, the blood's still going to be on there and the oil's still going to be on there. We just can't smell it through all that nasty right now. But we're going to wash you with the word. And, and underneath that, there's still going to be an oil. There's still going to be a grace. There's still going to be a favor. Why? Because God did it. You didn't earn it. You can't lose it. You say, what? Yep, I'm preaching the word. That don't mean God won't discipline you or train you to make you walk it out. That's why the sufferings come. And then you realize what grace really is. Because he disciplines those he loves. In Numbers chapter 11, Moses goes on and here's all these people. He's like the pastor of a million people. Lord, have mercy. Can't even handle a hundred. Imagine a million or more. Oh, God. And, the, and he says to the Lord, Lord, I can't carry all these people. I can't handle this. Thank you for blessing me, blessing me, blessing me. But could you lift it off? It's too much. Thank you, but no thank you. I quit. I resign. Right? Whether you're a worship leader, whether you're an evangelist, whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, you know, whether, you know, whatever it is. I don't know, God. I can't take it anymore. I can't carry this. I can't take this pressure. I can't take this burden. And he goes to the Lord, right, in Numbers chapter 11. Keep going. Here we go. Numbers chapter 11. Sometimes all that yelling and screaming and jumping up and down... We need to put enough food and bread in your belly that a week later you remember what God said. Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.